B500 get into the wild card. 86 got the Phillies all the way to the World Series. I hate to break it to you, man. I don't think it was your vision. <laughs> this podcast is perfectly named, I would say. I hate to make excuses for Sandy and the rest of the people. No, you don't. You've been doing it all year. You do. I do hate it. I'm just going <laughs> to say it. fucking hitting bombs to fucking Diocho. Like, eject that to my base. If that continues, there's no way we make the playoffs. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 10. We're in the double digits of the Battered Marlins podcast. I am one of your hosts, Daniel Granada. Alongside me, I have another two Battered fans. And as usual, when we introduce ourselves, we go ahead and we show what we're wearing on the top of our heads. So today, I've been talking about my favorite minor league hat. And my favorite minor league hat is the Baby Bombers hat from a couple years ago. I I think this dropped back in 2017, back when... uh, Gary Sanchez had just come up, Aaron Judge had just come up, and it was a it was a nice party in the Bronx, baby bombers. My favorite. And also I want to just point out, of course, Messi the GOAT is in Miami. I had to rock the the GOAT Messi shirt. How are you doing, Brenton? I'm doing great, man. What a time to be a South Florida sports fan, man. We got two teams in the finals. You know, we got superstars joining our soccer team and the most exciting team in the in the region the man the, the Marlins. hell yeah yeah yeah, it's, yeah it's so i'm doing week. great man kicking it old school today with the old school florida marlins hat and just glad to be back with you guys since i missed last week yeah you were out in uh in o-town yeah you know i was laying some groundwork letting those people up there know that messy was coming and you know just <laughs> running running that town uh into the ground did you run into any more Marlins player? Yeah, did you run into any more Marlins players' family members all up there? I did not, but I think I told you guys I I ran into a uh, Fernando Tatis fr- uh, fan <clears throat> in one of the lines, and it was uh, it was during the game when we were getting our asses kicked, and he just laughed at me when he saw me in my uh, I think yes, I had my yes, Sugar I, Kings I, hat I on, and so. He's from Miami. He said he he just follows Tatis and he watches the Marlins a little bit and said he was going to give us a follow and start watching. So if you're listening, man, you know, I hope you enjoyed that beer. And next time I see you, you better buy me one. (laughs) How you doing? Beers ain't cheap, bro. No. (laughs) I'm doing well. I am rocking the Florida Panthers, the, the Ice Cats on my head today. They were playing as we speak. Uh, before I came upstairs to start recording, they're tied one-one to Vegas. Kind of gave up a boneheaded goal, but uh, Chuck almost died. Yeah, um, but here we are, uh, man. I mean, I, I I tweeted this. Uh, man, I don't know. The last forty-eight hours of my life have been an absolute whirlwind. But um, the I tweeted at some point yesterday. So we have the Florida Panthers in the Stanley Cup Finals. We have the Miami Heat in the NBA Finals. We have the Marlins creating some separation between 500, two straight sweeps. One of the hottest teams in baseball right now. Luis Arise is the talk of the town. Um, talk, he's the talk of yeah, the league that right man now. An extension. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna give my thoughts on I know, in, I know. in a little bit, but we'll we'll, we'll get there. But <laughs> the hottest hitter on on planet Earth right now, scorching hot, and <clears throat> the greatest soccer player of all time is coming to wear La, La Rosa y Negra and play for Inter Miami. What the, I mean, I, I don't think there's ever been a time where more eyes have been on South Florida sports 
So this is this is awesome. It's a really fun time to be a fan of, of the all the teams down here. So, but I, I'm on Big very little. Dolphins. The, oh, the off, closest but... I think it's 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 been is probably the big three era, right? With with LeBron, Wade, and Bosch. I think that's yeah, the closest the been that. All right. I'm They're trying to think of how the other teams were doing. The Dolphins were going through their bad spell, like usual. Um the Marlins were back. Hot, Leave us alone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, so we posted last Friday, right? We got the first win of that series against the A's, and we went ahead and we posted that we created this graphic that you're looking at right now a week ahead of the episode because we were that confident that the Marlins were going to go ahead and sweep the next two series, and they were going to be leading the NL East by the time we recorded you guys. Now, the issue being that we held our – or at least the Marlins held up that end of the bargain, but the Diamondbacks and the Mets could not. Therefore, although we did ha- go 6-0, and we are still second in the division. We're still three games back of the Braves. So let me go ahead and just fix that right quick. We are still second in the NL East, but still looking good because, I mean, again, two sweeps, I don't care how bad the teams are, still impressive. So this is the second best start in franchise history. We tied 2004. We're at 35-28 and through 63 games. And... Um, I mean, I, we all talked about how we thought that this had the potential of a wild card chase, right? We all thought we could be in the mix to get a wild card spot. Maybe we'll miss it, but we'll be close. But right now we're trending in the right direction. We just swept the last two series, and we are almost in the middle of June. Branton, how are you feeling about the Marlins 63 games into the season? I'm feeling great, man. I think um... – you know, I think we've talked about it a couple of times and, and, you know, the Marlins had an opportunity with the Reds and I forget who else it was earlier in the month to put the some Rockies. separation. That's what it was, yeah. And to put some some separation between them and 500 and really couldn't capitalize because of injuries. But, you know, the bats are hot, pitching is hot right now, and so we're starting to pad that uh, that lead there over 500. So I think – I think wild card is definitely within reach. Um, <clears throat> you know, when you consider uh, Jazz will hopefully be back during this road trip. And, um, you know, we have Trevor Rogers healthy coming back soon too, which really just gives us six healthy arms in the rotation. I think I think things are looking up. Uh, I'm really excited to see what happens. But I, I at this point, I think the Marlins make the wild card if they keep this up a little bit. For the next couple of weeks, because I think um, before the trade deadline, we'll know for sure. But I, I think they make the wild card at this point. At the moment, we are on pace to win 90 games. Cali, have, has your outlook for the season changed over the last, well, let's say, 10 days? Um, Not so much, to be honest. Um, Yeah, we we. We did what we we're supposed to, right? Right. We talked. We talked last week about how bad, really, on paper, the A's and the Royals are. They they both have uh, the worst run differentials in baseball, right? So Oakland, after um, as of today, have a run differential of negative two hundred. It is June eighth. All right. Jesus. The Royals have the second worst run differential. It is negative eighty eight. All right. Just to show the kind of disparity between last and second to last there. 
Um, it's encouraging the way we've played. We did what we're supposed to do. Um, but there's a lot of baseball left, man. And uh, baseball's a funny game. It's a long season. Guys are going to get hurt. Guys are going to slump. Uh, other guy, other teams are going to get hot. Other teams are going to have good stretches. Um, I still think the goal is, is what we've talked about this whole time. Get to 500, can be for a wild card spot. Anything more than that is gravy. Um, can we win 90 games? Um, we'll see. Um, again, our we're, we're playing good baseball, but the metrics don't support us. Our, our run differential is negative 24, which is it's, it's improved a lot in the last couple series, but we're still in, let's see, bottom one, two, three, four. We're still in the bottom five of the National League. Um, well, you know, kind yeah. of to, to touch on that a little bit, if you look at those metrics, um, especially earlier in the season, I, I believe it was the Braves, for three games we had like a negative, I want to say it was like negative 17 or 18 run differential just in those three games that really kind of pad that number. So if you look, if you take those, just those couple of games that we got blown out, out of that metric, we're very close to actually be having a positive run differential. Yeah. But you know, the number's still the number, you know, we, we um, you know, we, yeah, but the highs we're, like we're, that are going to throw the number and you're not really getting an accurate representation in my opinion of, of the team as a whole, you know, you can take out those highs and, you could even take out games where we've blown other teams out if you want to even the metric a little bit, but, um, but I don't. I... Good. No, go ahead. I was gonna say to Cali's point though, we never got to blow out necessarily the A's or the Royals. Like it was never a, a, a thrashing. Like when you play bad teams like that, you figure that 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 run differential would start to even out, um, and we haven't been able to do that. Um, because we've won seven more games than we've lost, but they've been, I mean, how many times did we say we won one run games? Like we haven't been a, a very dominant team. So when you're oh. over 500, I, I figured that that run differential should like, I, I get what you're yeah, saying. If you, and you make a great point, but that that's a big well, number. If you look at the, the A's game. So you, you know, we won the first one four zero. We scored 12 runs. We won the second one, 12, one. So we blew them out there. Oh, we won the next one 7-5. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then against the Royals, we won 9-6, 6-1, and 6-1. So, you know, we're padding those stats, too. Like, we're, we're hitting, but unfortunately what's happening, especially with that Royals 9-6 game is, and we'll talk about it, is, mm -hmm. you know, Sandy's struggles are still continuing, so that's hurting us a little bit there, but. You know, <clears throat> I forgot about that twelve-one game. Yeah. I think I think what what where we benefit though is that while our run differential isn't great, if you look at the rest of the National League outside of the the NL West, you know, if you if you eliminate the NL West, we have you know a top a top what um yeah we have a top three run differential or a top five run differential in 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 the National League. Um, now that being said, the West hits a lot. Then then West just just smashes baseballs. Um, we're gonna run into the Braves again, and and, and they hit. Um, Arizona hits. Dodgers hit. Um, you know, it, it it's it's the law of averages are eventually gonna play out. And it's not to say that we won't blow other teams out. It's just uh, you know we're, we're we don't have a lot that separates us from average right now. It's, it, I guess is the point. Like we have guys that have big moments, but. Outside of a rise, there's no one that's just consistently dominating at the plate. There's, yeah, uh, you know, 
And on the bump, we have no one that that's kind of like said like, okay, um, you know, Sandy's down. Let me, let me just go out and ball out. Like we've had, everything's been a lot of ebbs and flows this year. Um, and if that trend continues, those are all the makings of a 500 team, which again, if, if you told me before the year would be 35 and 28, you know, by almost the middle of June, I'd be really happy. You know, For it's, sure. I'm not, I'm not upset by it. I'm just saying that like, are we going to win 90, 90, 95 games? I'm not sure. I'm not sold on that yet, to be honest. Um, I think we, I think we can get there. And I think, you know, I think like I, I, Danny, I think you said 86 is, is the number. And I think that's a great that's number. Yeah. 86 I, has always been the number. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you tell me we break even and we win 81, I'd be really happy with that. I'd be, I'd yeah. be insanely happy with that. We break 80 games this year. I'm going to be really happy. I think that's, that's the markings of a good year in, in year one of the skip Schumacher era. If you get to 81 and I'm jumping the gun here, but if we get to 80, 81 and we miss the playoffs next year, again, I'm jumping the gun. I know, but next year has to be, we're going in. We have to make the playoffs next year. It's a disappointment, right? Yeah, and yeah. I mean, if if I, I remember listening to um, to an interview with with Kim Ng, and and she mentioned that the thing that separated Skip from the other coaches that they interviewed is that he he wants to win, and he you know he he believes in that vision that he's not here to rebuild. He's here to win. So if that's really the message that they're trying to send, then you know with july just around the corner you know this now it's time to put your money where your mouth is you know and if if let's say we win 80 games where we just miss out on the playoffs that attitude going into the you know the 2024 season is gonna is gonna mean everything so you know we're getting dangerously close to and i think we're gonna see some of it coming up in the next you know six weeks or whatever it is like we're we're gonna see if this organization is really gonna put their money where their mouth is. Uh, so we swept the last two series, obviously. So we can get into those. What were your biggest takeaways from uh, this weekend? And, I, and I, I'll start. I thought that the two big comebacks on Sunday and Monday were big because, I mean, Branton was just going through the scores. We scored six, twelve, nine. Like, we we've been scoring, and in the beginning of the season, I remember at least I, I, me personally, I said we need to lean on the pitching and win these close games. But recently, we've been hitting. Now I know that the A's and the Royals are not necessarily a good team, but still, you have to hit the ball. You still got to score those runs. You got to get those those runners in, and we've been doing that. So I thought that being able to go ahead and make those two big comebacks because on Sunday when Sandy got lit up, I was like, this really sucks. We're not gonna get the sweep, and we came back and did it anyway. What were the biggest takeaways from the last two series for you brain um so these two series in my opinion were you know I, I didn't get to share what i thought we would do i didn't think we would sweep both series i thought we'd sweep one and maybe drop a game or two <clears throat> but i think um i think these series were really about gaining confidence and getting some of the the bats back like jesus sanchez is on fire He's picking up where he where he left off um, coming back from injury, and you know we, you know we, we haven't given uh, Guriel enough praise. He's hitting the ball like crazy, you know. Coop's doing a great job. Like the team is hitting, and these guys are building up confidence. And in my opinion, we really needed that in these two series because the next three series are very winnable series. And it's just more opportunity to go into those series and come out with wins and pad that those stats a little bit before it starts getting tough again. 
because, you know, our problem at the beginning of the season is the bats started slow. Sandy started slow. And so we were winning all these one-run games. But now we're starting to see that Arise is not having to do it by himself. You know, you can basically say everybody on that field, including the catchers who we've been very critical of, Stallings is even hitting. Like these guys are starting to hit and they're getting hot. And so for me, it was about coming out of those series with confidence. I think the two comebacks were massive for that. Um, So, you know, we kind of have a bit of swagger going on to this road trip. And I'm excited to see what happens. Connie, what are the biggest takeaways for you? Um, uh, kind of like I previously mentioned, like we did what we had to do, which is what you want to see, right? Like, yeah, we had that 12-1 win, but we, you know, we we were pretty dominant this entire series, which is what we want. Aside from the game that we had to come back, you know, we we've been we've been like well, there there aren't really complaints aside from our, our pitching just not holding up sometimes. So that that's going to happen. Um, I think it's important to note that the Royals and the A's both have some of the worst pitching staffs in, in baseball, the A's specifically. Um, they, they have a team ERA of like over five and a half right now. So, I mean, you're supposed to do that to those teams. Um, but, uh, but the fact that we were able to, these guys were able to come here, we were able to perform in front of our own fans, win games at home and get the bats going a little bit. And, and like Brand said, like get, get some of that confidence going forward because, you know, we we look we're looking forward to a Chicago White Sox team that that is on the on the cusp of a rebuild that's that's grossly underperforming despite having some pretty good bats in the lineup. Um, you know, we run into a Mariners team that had that's kind of you know doesn't have an identity right now. They're very hot and cold and, and painfully average right now. Um, and then the Nationals, who you know are are in a full blown rebuild with a, a couple of guys that hit okay, like Lane Thomas and stuff. But aside from that, there's just really not much not much there. So it, it's, I mean, we, we, and I, we touched on it last week, June can be a huge, huge month for the Marlins to create some separation. I think these two series that we just played were great first steps to, to complete that kind of mission for June and put us in a great spot in May in July. I think we said that by mid June, we'd know if we weren't a playoff team, right? We don't know if we are, but if things went bad during this six or, 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 or nine game stretch, we knew for sure we weren't, right? So we can't say that for sure we are a playoff team, but we know if things didn't go right for these few series that we feel like we could win, if things didn't go well, we knew for sure we weren't. So I think we're, it's boarding well. We still have a chance. And to touch on what uh, Branton said, Nick Fortes has been hitting. He, over the last two series, he was hitting 273 on base percentage of 385. So, and again, not necessarily crazy numbers, but from what we've come to expect from our catchers, I'll take that any day because we haven't expected much from them. So, unfortunately, our fourth member, Spaz, isn't with us today. But uh, this is a topic that he felt very passionate about and he wanted to talk about. But, unfortunately, he's not here. But we will do our best to, uh, to, to kind of fill in for him. On Sunday, I was at the stadium. So was Spaz. Uh, Sandy was pitching. It was the A's. And I believe it was the third inning that I went, and I went to meet up with him. Uh, We talked for a bit. And then as Sandy's pitching, I decided to take my kids to the Marlins Museum since it was empty. And as I'm in the museum, I go walk through it. I leave. I get a beer. Boom. I finally make it to my seat. Must have been a span of, I don't know, eight to ten minutes maybe. When I came back and I sat down, 
I look at the scoreboard and it says that they put up five runs. Now, I don't know how that happened. I missed it. But apparently, my phone, I started checking Twitter and you guys started texting. Everybody's always saying that Sandy was getting booed. Now, unfortunately, I didn't get to witness it because, like I said, I was in the museum and then I was trying to get a drink. And when you have two kids that you're watching at the same time, the game is the last thing on your mind as you're walking through the stadium trying to keep track of your two kids. Now, I know that you guys heard it, so I kind of want to get your thoughts on it. I'll start with Callie. Your thoughts on Sandy apparently being booed during that inning. And to be clear, he came back and he finished strong. He went seven innings and they give, didn't give up another run. Go ahead, Callie. Um, I don't want to mince my words and I don't want to sound unclear, so I'm going to be as concise and as articulate as possible. Speak your if name. you booed Sandy, if you booed Sandy, you are a fucking loser. And I'm being very kind in using those words. If you booed Sandy, you are a fucking loser. This is a guy that won us a Cy Young. Okay. That has been the best pitcher we've had here. Um, this has been our, the, he won a, won a Cy Young award here. He's been our best pitcher since, since Jose, one of the Jose. best, been one of our, the best pitchers we've had in Marlins history, period. And on top of all that, he wants to be here and he works hard for this club. And yeah, he's not having the start that any of us wanted, mm -mm. but to go around and, and boo, maybe the one guy on this roster you shouldn't boo is fucking disgusting. And if, if that's something that, that you supported, is that, if that's something that you, you thought like, yeah, we, we need to go ahead and, and boo this guy. Um, you shouldn't follow this to this team because we've gone through some shit, man. This this franchise, I've been following this franchise since I can barely fucking walk, and we've seen some shit. We've seen some garbage. I I don't remember ever being at a game that anyone was booed, and to hear that, and I I wasn't there. Thank God because maybe I fucking punched someone in the face and you know got arrested or some shit. But to to find out that Sandy's being booed, and it, and it's not like we're we're like you know, scraping the cellar here. We're, we're a good baseball team. Like, fuck you, man. Like absolutely disgusting that that was happening. Um, you, you don't belong. You, you don't belong at the games. You don't, you don't deserve to follow this team. You don't, you don't deserve to, to follow Sandy. Um, and Sandy doesn't deserve to be booed plain and simple. And, and I always turn and, and I've me as a sports fan, and this is, goes beyond baseball. If you're upset, boo the ownership, boo the coaches. All right. Don't boo the guys that are just trying to do their job, okay? Because I always try and paint like this: like if if I if saw if a group of people showed up to your job and watched you do what you're doing and fucking booed you every time you did something wrong, you're gonna get fucking frustrated, okay? You say, "Oh, they get paid a lot of money, blah blah blah, bro." It's not like he's dogging it. It's not like he's mailing in. He busts his ass for us every single time he's out there. Fuck you if you boo Sandy. Genuinely, fuck you. And if you want to DM me. My, my, my Twitter's right here. It's on the video. You can DM me. We can fucking talk about it. Fuck you. Well, we we um we said, and he basically proved it when he came back in and went another solid four innings without allowing a run. Brian, what did you think about the booing? It was fucking disgusting. You know, like, Callie, Callie 
basically hit everything on the on the head right there. But you know, there's no place for that in the, in this fan base. Like, listen, you paid five dollars for your ticket, even if you're sitting behind home plate. Like, shut the <laughs> fuck up. Like, that's it. Like, it's not like you paid. It's not like you're paying messy ticket prices to go and see yeah. Sandy pitch. You're not. Like, even if you bought Sandy Beach tickets and you got the T-shirt, it was forty bucks. Like, shut the fuck up. The man is the greatest pitcher we've ever had in franchise history. He's going through it. He needs your support. He doesn't need you fucking booing in the stadium. No, you know, I, 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 good. I'm not an aggressive person, and I'm really glad I wasn't at that game because I would have found those people. Because, and I wouldn't have hit them or anything, but I would have got, I would have yelled at them, and maybe I would have gotten hit myself. But it's ridiculous, <laughs> like. And then he well, goes out there and he shuts him up and throws four more innings. Like this man wants to be here. He's doing everything right. If he wanted to leave, all he would have to do is go up to Kim and say, Hey, I'm not happy here. Put me on the trade block. And then he could just start mailing it in. And any other team in this league would take him. And and our fans do that. Like, get out of here. I don't I don't know at what point the booing happened. Like I said, I was I was walking through the concession stands and all that other stuff i'm assuming when all five now i think that there was an error because i didn't watch the game back i think there was an error to him throwing to i think it was third base that that i heard is that when the boy started or or was it when they allowed a run do you know it it was it it was was on the it was was on on the the third yeah yeah, on the air yeah okay yeah, because I was wondering, like, is my... it just a frustration boot, not necessarily directed <laughs> at him, but just frustrated that we just gave up five runs? Or do you, you think it was directly at him for allowing the five? I think it was. I think it was a lot of people who don't watch the Marlins that had nothing better to do that day. Um, that bought the cheap. I went out for the they jersey. Sh- yeah, they went out for the I jersey. Went they, out for the Conine jersey. Yeah, and and they showed up, and they're just a bunch of fucking idiots. That's- yeah, Niner should have walked around, found him, and hit him in the head with a bat. I, I can like, you know, it, it's just my initial thought when I heard it on TV is I thought, oh, maybe something happened in the stands and like they're booing somebody who like took a ball or something from a kid or, yeah. you know, and then like Spaz was like, no, they were booing Sandy. I was like, well, these guys and, are, are real special. And you know, it's bad when when well-spoken Peter Pratt comes on and makes a video dedicated to being embarrassed about by yeah. Marlins fans because he came out. He, he was spot video. Shout, on. Shout out to Peter Pratt for doing <laughs> that. And uh, and yeah, I mean, it, it's it's crazy. Like I said, I, I unfortunately didn't get to witness it, but I heard about it through everybody else afterwards. And all I got to witness was him coming back for strong after that. So I, I don't see it. But on to a much happier topic. We have the best hitter in baseball right now. Luis Arise is is not could is batting 400 right now i believe it's 403 to be exact over the last week he had 14 hits in 25 at bats he's batting 560 in that in the last two series my question well actually brand you weren't here last week i posed a question to cali and spaz last week and i said what (laughs) is more likely that luisa rise gets 200 hits or that George Soler could get 50 home runs. Now, before I ask Callie if he's changed his thought process behind his answer, what do you think, Brian? Um, I'm going to bet my money on a rise. I'm going to bet he's he's more likely to get the 200 hits. Um, 
I'm not saying I don't think Solaire could get to 50 because he definitely can, but like a rise is hitting like two, two a game at least, or he's going four for four or, you know, so five for five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I'm, my money would be on a rise over Solaire, but if I could bet on both, I'd bet on both. <laughs> Callie, we still on, on the solar power and lighting? <laughs> um, Yes. I, I'm still, uh, maybe it's a bias showing or, or I don't know, but I just, oh, well, it's so hard to believe that 400 is sustainable. That's my thing. It's so yeah, hard I, I, for me. To, it, it's so hard for me to think that this is just the normal for, for Luis Arise. And certainly he's proved, he's proved this wrong in, in what close to 70 games now. Um, but man, it's just, I, I, that 200 hits is a lot. Um, it's at 87 already. I know, man. I know. It's just um, it, it it that's a lot. That's that's a lot, man. And and the strikeout numbers are low, and maybe that has nothing to do with it. But man, I just don't know how sustainable. And maybe I'm wrong, and I hope I'm wrong. I I, I pray to God, no, of course. I'm wrong, I'm, you know, I'm sure, but, I'm sure, for sure. But like, eventually, the law of averages play out. Eventually, like, I just think people come down to earth, like. What are the chances we're like we're like experiencing the the real life next Tony win right now, right? Like, and best case scenario, yeah, that's that's the case. I just I need to see it, you know, and more than more than I have, unfortunately, because I just think that he's gonna come down to earth. And even if he fit, if he comes back to earth and he finishes the year hitting you know three twenty five, like that's still an, a stellar year. He still yeah. might lead the league in that. In, in, in yeah, that like if you told me before the, the, the year that, you know, Rise finishes with, you know, 100 and 185 hits hitting 325, I take that every single time. Of course. I, I wouldn't sure. flinch. I wouldn't think about it. You know, so, you know, I again, I hope I'm wrong. Um, I just think f- from a power guy, we've seen not great hit- hitters hit 50 home runs before. And I think Solar is an, is an above average hitter mm-hmm. um and i think he runs into what is it 30 more home runs before uh you know before arise finds like 133 or 33 more home runs than before rise gets to 115 hits yeah you know it's just like because yeah. and i mentioned it last week you can be on a slump you can be hitting 210 and still run into home runs yeah Mm-hmm. That makes sense. You know, whereas if you're in a slump, getting the getting those base knocks can be can be tough to find sometimes. So, Brian, any chance that Luis Arias gets? I mean, I think he should automatically be considered for MVP if the Marlins make the playoffs. I feel like he should 100 percent be on the ballot. What are yeah. the chances that we see an MVP Luis Arias? <laughs> um, I don't. It depends on if we make the playoffs. If we make the playoffs, I think he's definitely in consideration. Um, if he's if he wins the batting title, he's going to be high up on those ballots, especially because he won the batting title in the AL last year. So I think it's possible. Um, you know, there, there's you know the the normal guys you're going to talk about. Acuna is the um, only one I can see that could be Acuna. That could be if Arise but, win, if they make the playoffs, only Acuna I think could take it just because statistically the guy's a monster. I would say. I'm gonna actually say that if if a rise keeps this up, and he can if he can get close to 200 hits <coughs> and stay over 325 for the season and win the batting title, I think I think he's gonna, I think he'll be the MVP because 
if you look at the way the national media is following a rise, I haven't seen them pay this much attention to a Marlins hitter in a real long time since Luis Castillo and his, uh, what was it, the 30-game hit streak that he had going on? Yeah. 32. So, you know, I'm excited about it. And, you know, Kim, I I know Callie's going to disagree, but you got to lock him up. Give this man an extension. Let, let, let's keep him around. Let me go there and let me go buy my Arise jersey, please. <laughs> Isn't it funny? I was having this conversation with my cousin, actually my two cousins that are big Mets fans this uh, earlier today. And they were talking about how the Marlins are finally having a season and they're the ugly stepchild. They never do anything. They'll come back to earth because it's the Marlins. And I was like, you know, you know what, guys? In the last 25 years... The Marlins have the most World Series championships out of anybody in that division. So I don't know why you guys are talking crap. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, maybe they're not the best year to year, but they still celebrated more championships than anybody else in that division. And I want to say that they have more MVPs because I don't remember the Mets we had, winning. We had Stan. So exactly. Stan and Hanley yeah. one year. Yeah. I don't know if Hanley won it, but I know Stanton won it for no, sure. No, Hanley won a batting title. I don't think he, yeah. I don't, I'm not sure he won MVP. So Stanton won it, and then I don't yeah. remember any Mets player being MVP. I don't remember any Braves player being MVP. So, I mean, the Marlins, yeah. Ugly Freddie Freeman, child, maybe? That, that's possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what do you think about Rise being the second MVP for us? Um, I'm selling, unfortunately. Um, I just think it's a popularity contest. Um I, I think they're the right. If Acuna and Arise continue the way they do, I think um, I think the Marlins and Arise will get a little bit of shine. But at the end of the day, you know they they're gonna give it to they'll, they'll give it to the the golden child, and, and Acuna is that golden child right now. Um, you know, which is unfortunate. And, and where where I think from a media perspective, where Arise falls short is the power numbers, because it, it's not sexy to get a bunch of base knocks up the middle. You know, right. they want to see the long ball. They want to see guys rounding out doubles and triples where that's not something that Arise does, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I think like in my heart, I want to say, yeah, but I I just don't think the media gives him that type of love unless he has like an at like I think what would have to do it genuinely is Arise having like a 330, 340 type of year. Like it needs to be like some just stupid astronomical number, like 340, like like 230 hits type of, you know. I think we all agree he, that batting 400 is probably a pipe dream, but if he does, he wins it automatically, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. That's not even – I think I think, yeah. if he hits, I think if he hits 350, it's like a no-brainer. It, it was like with yeah. Judge 62 last year. You knew once he hit 62 that he was going to get yeah, it judge, automatically. Judge could have hit 200 and hit 62. He was yeah. going to win the MVP. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. That 400 is that magical numbers. Yes, for sure. And to, to right, touch uh, on uh, – sorry, to touch on, on Brand's point in terms of extending a rise – I don't want to say that I'm going to disagree because that's I don't think that's the right verbiage for that. I would love for the Marlins to extend their yeah. eyes. I encourage the Marlins to extend their eyes. There has Marlins. never been anything in my history of as a Marlins fan that the Marlins would extend their eyes because the only time they've given out big contracts to players is so they can turn around and trade them. Trade them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like we saw, we saw Stan get with a ten-year, three hundred million, like ruin, absolutely destroy the outfield market for for um, for in baseball, and they did that to inflate the value of the club so that they can sell a team. And the new owner Sherman, the first thing they did 
were shipping the fuck out of sand. They gave they gave Yelich that that very team friendly seven years, seventy seven million dollar, whatever it was contract. They did that because, and then when the new ownership took over, soon they shipped out fucking Stanton. They shipped out Yelich because they said, "Hey, here's a, a guy that's going to hit really well for you. Played good outfield, and uh, he has a really team friendly contract because they he signed it when he was fucking twenty years old. So, MVP should have been with us. Yeah. yeah. So you know, the only time we've ever seen this franchise, and I know it's the ownership, whatever, but this ownership hasn't extended anybody like that. No. They, I, I have nothing to support the fact that <coughs> um, Arise would get an extension. And even if they did give him an extension, that would give me no peace of mind. To me, the the, the, the alarms and the, would start sounding and, and the bells would start going off because, to me, that just says that we're about to trade him. So what you're telling me is I'm safe to go out and buy the Arise jersey because we're not going to extend him, and, and that's a good sign. I'm on board for that, by the way. I you think you're going to wait until the end of the season. My hot take, and this might be absolutely don't buy and play your name on a jersey if you're a Marlins fan. That too. My <laughs> hot take, player. my hot take is that if Arise continues, I would not be surprised. And again, this is maybe more tra- trauma as a Marlins fan. I wouldn't be shocked if we trade him by the deadline. I oh, would not. Man. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not going to. Yeah, I'm I know. It's I know. I'm saying if. I wake up on on July twenty eighth, and I have my uh, an ESPN notification is oh Luis Arias has been traded to the Red Sox for you know some you know fourth string shortstop and uh, and you know four, four 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 single A prospects. I'd be like, okay, this is just the Marlins. This is just what we do. That that's that, that would be wild though. Imagine being let's let's say they keep this up at seven games over five hundred. <laughs> that oof, that would be a rough one. I mean, I could uh, see them trading him, but it would have that with the way the record is right now, and with the way the season's probably going to go. Like, if they're in contention in July, first off, they're they're not going to trade him if they're in contention in July. But if they did, it would be because they're going to get major league ready pieces to make that final push in my opinion i don't think they trade yeah, him but you don't give prospects you don't give when you're in the hunt for the wild hitter. card yeah you don't give away the best you know you, you don't like you don't plug one hole to you know or you don't create a hole to, to plug another you know no but yeah. i'm saying if somebody comes across and says listen we'll give you a great catcher and we'll give you a shortstop you don't think about that trade yeah. i would i i don't, I don't know I, I give me the if 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 Arise is hitting, you know, uh, you know th- where he's at now. Like I, I don't know. Like you don't trade that guy. I, I don't trade him. Period. Again, like I said before, I started. Well, I wouldn't Arise. either. But I'm I just send saying. him and I keep him around for a very long time because I think he's a guy that he's he's clearly enjoying playing here. I mean, he's yeah. he's he's bored. He, he's bordering <laughs> on becoming kind of the face of the franchise so quickly just because of yep. how much success he's had. Well, and seeing you know, how he gets on with the rest of the team, like some guys take like a season or two to fit into like a core group, and he's like the locker room's like almost revolving around him. It's yeah, great. I've even, I've even seen Jazz post like Instagram stories, and he's like talking mm-hmm. shit with a rise and stuff yeah, like that. So. When they walk into the locker room, yeah. uh, and to get back to what you were saying earlier, Cali, you were correct. Freddie Freeman was MVP twenty twenty, and uh, in the last twenty five years, they also did have another MVP, Chipper Jones, in ninety nine. Oh, that guy. Chip. Fucking Marlin Killer. They've had two MVPs over the last 25 years. Um, uh, Just quickly, Jazz says he could come back soon. 
But the way that the Marlins are playing, would you rush him back or would you be like, you know what, take as much time as you need because we want you 100% before you come back? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think the Marlins rush him back. Um, mm-hmm. I saw that they, I saw him in the dugout. He wasn't wearing the boot anymore. Um, and I don't think the Marlins, just from an investment standpoint, want to rush him back. Like the last no, thing you don't. want to do is, is bring him back out. Who is the face of your franchise? How he's, regardless of how he's performing, he's the one that brings all the eyes here. Um, <coughs> I don't think you want to bring him back out for him to get hurt again. So, and turf toe can be a little funny. It can, it can be a weird injury. I've had it before. Um, you know, so I'm hoping that he comes back and maybe, you know, Jazz Refresh kind of plugs into this lineup again and, and starts doing what Jazz does. But, and I know we we're going to talk about this a little bit, it's going to create, it's, and we, we talk about how it's always a good thing to make J- Skip's job very, very difficult um, because it, be, it becomes a game of who sits for him. Right. Who's and uh, or, or DFA for him. Well, there, I guess that'll question. lead us in. The outfield, the outfield's performing. Over the last week, I had it up and I just took it off. Um, is it at over the last week? Uh, Jesus Sanchez batting 348 on base percentage of 423. He had three home runs, seven RBIs. Brian De La Cruz batting 333, 385 on base percentage over the last two series. One home run, 10 RBIs, three walks each. This outfield is cooking, and um. Uh, his name is Jonathan Davis. There we go. Jonathan Davis, defensively, doing well. And over hit he over the last series was batting two fourteen, not bad. Two fifty seven. He had five RBIs himself. Dowfield's looking good. So I'm assuming Jazz comes back. He takes Jonathan Davis's spot. Am I right or am I wrong? Yeah. Um. It, it becomes a weird game, right? Because you just traded oh. for Jonathan Davis. Mm-hmm. Like, and you gave up. A, <laughs> you gave up a pretty decent yeah, prospect give for him. Mm-hmm. You know. So it's quite, it becomes a question like now, how do the Marlins v- value Jonathan Davis? Did they give up Brady Allen just so they can say like, oh, it's like, oh, well, we'll have this Band-Aid on here just until Jazz comes back and then we DFA him. I, I can't imagine they would – that'd be pretty reckless um, to do. It. And it, genuinely, if they DFA'd Jonathan Davis after for trading a, a good prospect for him, I'm going to be upset. Um, I'm going to say that's some bad business there. But – I mean, I don't know, man, because Jonathan Davis has been stellar defensively hitting. He 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 definitely played came back down to earth because he he was on fire when he first uh, right, showed right. up. But uh, De La Cruz and Jesus Sanchez are non-negotiables to be in the lineup right now. Mm-hmm. And they you know, you. yeah, Solar did he didn't have a great couple series, you know, but he's still he's Solar. He's gonna you know he's gonna strike out quite a bit, but he's gonna hit the ball hard. He's gonna run into some <laughs> home runs. Um. Solar presumably DH and maybe maybe Davis just becomes a um, becomes a bench guy and now with with uh, with Rogers coming back it, I mean so we we might we're gonna see someone kind of take a hit here I would assume I don't even know what to assume to be honest I like I don't I don't know who who misses the cut here it's a good problem to have I guess but still a problem and yeah. and Jazz I, I would usually be like oh let's try Jazz at, at, at shortstop. Joy Wendell's, or at least over the last week, he's been playing very well. He batted 429 on base percentage of 455 over the last week. So he's raking also. So at, at the moment, Jazz, take your time, I would assume, because there's, there's no rush right now, at least. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think they should definitely ease him back in because they don't need him right now. Like, I know that's weird to say you don't need one of your best players, but they're playing well without him. And so I think he should take his time. But, um, you know, I, I think if the Marlins were just trying to put a Band-Aid on it and get through until Jazz was ready to come back, I think we probably would have seen a guy like Victor Mesa Jr. or somebody like that get the call to play center field um, yeah. and, and just, you know, give him some major league experience. And then you've got the options to send him back down once Jazz is healthy. So I think, um, you know, I think Jonathan Davis is here to stay. And, you know, to me, that might mean – you know, maybe their plan is to put Jazz back at shortstop and have him play a little bit of DH. I don't know, um, but but I I don't see I don't see Jonathan Davis being the odd man out. I mean, honestly, you know, I hate to say because he started off the season so well, but Hampson is probably going to be the casualty in all this um, because if you kind of have jazz bounce, even if you have jazz bounce between center field and DH, you know, and, and Solaire kind of move in and out of the, the outfield and DH a little bit, you know, I, I think in a pinch, you could put, you could put jazz back at shortstop if you needed to. So that's who I would guess is probably the odd man out in the jazz situation, but you know, you, Skip's got to figure it out. April. He did. That, he he really people, did. But, but after that, he came back to earth, and I, I don't think anybody would be up in arms if he's the one that gets sent down. Yeah, I think no. I think if you really look at the roster, I think it probably we have too many infielders. So I would I would guess, um, I would guess maybe now you mentioned it, Brent. I think I think Hampson might be the guy that uh, that kind of that kind of, and he started. He still has options to the minors, so it, it would make mm-hmm. sense. For Hampson to go to go back down for a bit just to get some consistent playing time, um, I can't imagine they do that to Birdie. Um, you no, know, I think Birdie's they're not, not gonna. They're, they're, they're you know you have to keep Guriel and and Coop. Yep. Um, you need the two catchers. Outfield wise, I mean, the only one you toy with is Davis, but he's a great depth piece because he can mm-hmm. play any position in the outfield. So. Yeah, I think it would have to it, it, it'd have to be Hampson or if, or maybe they feel like the bullpen's a little bolstered, they they drop somebody. I don't I don't know. I don't know yeah. why that's not my choice to make, but again, sure. it's always it's always a good thing when, when Skip in the front office have a dif- difficult decision like that. For sure. That that's what good teams have. They have difficult decisions. I can't remember the last time we had difficult decisions in <laughs> in the lineup and in the pitching rotation to make, you know. Well, speaking of the pitching, not the rotation, but AJ Puck is coming back soon. Trevor Rogers getting healthy. So the team started to get healthy. Jazz will be coming back soon. In your eyes, and I'll ask I'll ask you guys one at a time, is are we a legit playoff team right now? Now, I'll tell you that I don't think we are right now because I feel like we beat up on the teams we were supposed to, but I think that puts us middle of the pack, not necessarily the top, I don't know, was it 12, 14 teams in the league? which is almost there, right? But I still think that I want to see it a little more consistently, especially with that run differential that we were talking about earlier. Uh, Callie, do you think we are a legit playoff contender right now? Um, it's, a bit of a, it's a bit of a duality for me. Um, 
because part of me says, why not us? Like, why can't we continue this? And, and you know, again, make, you know, get 500, get into the wild card. Like, mm-hmm. like you know, why not us is definitely like a, like a, you know, a, a phrase that pops into my head. But when you kind of take a step back and look at everything top to bottom, um, it's hard. It's hard because, again, aside from a rise, you know, we can't, we see a lot of guys kind of having ebbs and flows. We don't have a ton of consistency from our starting rotation. We don't have a ton of consistency from our bullpen. We don't have a ton of consistency in our lineup. You know, we have guys that get hot and we have guys that cool off and that's kind of the nature of the beast. And and right now we're in a space that all the guys are hitting, but the pitching's kind of, you know, good teams, the, you know, the Dodgers, the Braves, the, the, you know, the Yankees, those types of teams, they have guys that are consistent from between game one and game 162 all year within their lineup, within their rotation, within their, their bullpen. I don't think we have enough of that, which again is, is the, the, the format for a 500 team. Um, I think we're good enough to get into the playoffs. Are we a legit playoff team? Like, am I, like, if you tell me to put a, a like a thousand dollars down on this team making the playoffs, I don't know if I make that bet. Yeah. You know, I'm not sure. I'm not sold on that yet. Brian, again, it's only think? June. It's only June. We have a lot yeah, of Yeah, of course, of course. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I think I'm on board with you guys. I don't think um, – I don't think we know – we don't have enough data points yet to say we're, we're a playoff contender because, you know, looking at our schedule, looking at the rest of the league, you know, I, I have a hard time saying, like, I have a hard time being pessimistic about this team right now. Because I, there's a clear pathway for us making the playoffs. You know, we're doing this right now without our best, one of our best bats, Jazz, with Sandy having maybe three good starts this year. Um, mm. You know, in really Braxton Garrett carrying the rotation, the only one who's been consistent all year. You know, Cabrera is starting to put things together. Um, maybe Rogers comes back and, and helps kind of give us a little more stability because he was off to a nice start. But Lizardo has not been great this year. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and honestly, I don't think he's the number two right now. Um, so well, we're our one doing and two haven't this. performed. Right. And we're doing all this without them. And mm-hmm. so, you know, to to borrow a phrase from Cali, the law of averages says these guys are gonna come back. Like, Lazardo's a proven commodity. He's going to come back. Sandy, same thing. He's going to come back. And if these guys get hot when we need them to, absolutely we can make the playoffs. Especially because there are a lot of teams having really bad years who a lot of people expected to contend. Yep. You know, we were all worried about the Phillies when Bryce Harper comes back. And, oh, man, we were going to be in trouble. <coughs> and they're struggling. And so now... We have an opportunity in June to really pad the stats. White Sox, Mariners, Nationals. And we to can that put a, point, nice, a nice lead. Let's get into the next two series. The White Sox and the Mariners coming up. And then, yes, the Nationals after that. But we'll talk about the next two series. Uh, yeah. We have the White Sox and the Mariners, both bottom 10 in hitting. Uh, so our pitchers should have a decent time performing against them. Uh, they actually have pretty decent pitching staffs themselves, but not as good as ours. Uh, how are we feeling about the next two series? The White Sox, I believe, are over 500. No, I'm sorry, no. The, the Mariners. Yeah. The Mariners, I believe, might be over 500. No, they are one game under 500. 
and the White Sox, like we've been saying, they are not good. Uh, how do we feel about this road trip and <clears throat> the next six, I believe it's six games? Um, yes, yeah, it is six, six games. Yes. Um, I feel very good. Um, I, I, I mean, the, the guys are, are riding high right now. They just they just came off with two sweeps. It, it, it's tough to keep that momentum going in baseball. Um, but the, the White Sox are, have pretty, pretty decent pitching. Their lineup is, is not good. Even, even their, their guys like Tim Anderson and Andrew Vaughn just aren't, aren't putting it together right now. Um, by the way, want to give a shout out to the coaching staff, the Chicago White Sox, Miami native, uh, Pedro Grifol leading the charge, Columbus Explorer and, uh, Mike Tozar is the hitting coach. Um, know him pretty well. I coached his son, um, you know, shout out Midway Sports. It's a business that they run down here. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, man, I feel great. I think, um, I think it's, again, I think if we can establish ourselves in, in, right now in June and these next two and, and even moving forward three series can, can really help that and we can kind of become buyers or at least, you know, have a strong seat at the table come July – I think we can see things here really interesting. Brian, well, what 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 do you think as far as record goes? Um, I, oh yeah, um, um, I don't know, if, I don't know if we sweep any of them, but I'm gonna go ahead and say four and two. I think we can win both series. Sounds solid to me. Brian, what are you thinking? Um, you know, I'm I'm excited about this White Sox series because I think this is a great opportunity for us to scout our new uh, shortstop, Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson. I, I like, I like Tim Anderson. Think. Love Tim Anderson. Listen, love him to be here. If the White Sox want to make a trade, which they will, I think that it's it's Kim's got to make the call. She's got to make the call. I love. We Tim can make Anderson. it happen. And that swagger but, here in Miami, I love oh. it. Give it to me. Can you imagine him and Arise as like the the oh, double play God. duo? Yeah. Oh, it'd be I, like having Alex Gonzalez and and Luis Castillo back. It'd be I, amazing. I, I was gonna say I, I almost said just again my my mind's kind of been on soccer the last couple of days. I said they'd be a great double pivot, but <laughs> <laughs> they'd uh, they man that would be an awesome awesome duo to see in the in the middle infield. in the infield for sure. That's my so, dream. If it happens, you heard it here first. I have nothing to believe that it will. Maybe you'll get interviewed by BBC. Maybe, maybe you'll get interviewed by BBC too. Maybe. Uh, so what are you but, thinking, Brian, uh, record-wise? Record-wise, I think we sweep the White Sox, and I think we take two out of three from the Mariners. I'm going uh, high on the team. I think we're going to have good momentum going into the White Sox series. I think we probably drop the opener against the Mariners. Um I just hate those West Coast trips, man. I hate them. Yeah, I, I think going the only good thing though is we're going like Eastern Central West, so it's not like we're going all the way to Seattle. So it won't be too bad, but I still think we drop that opener. And I love that we have a rest day coming back to go to Washington. So you know, in, in, in Brighton, you read my mind because I was thinking the same exact thing. Great I was minds, thinking. Man. Sweep, sweep the White Sox and get to 10 games one in a row, a 10-game winning streak. And then a downfall, we lose the opener against Seattle, and it stops at 10 in a row. And then we win the next two. We go 5-1, and one and we go 5-1. We're 40-29 and 29 by next Thursday. Oh, my God. 
Oh. That's ridiculous. C- could you imagine? Oh. I can't. Forty and twenty nine. I mean, I, 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 I haven't looked at who the Braves play, but I hope they have some difficult competition coming up because, I mean, it, it would be great to finally start creeping up to possibly talk. Oh no, they play the Nationals. Forget it. They're not losing. They play the Nationals, then the Tigers, and then the Rockies. Okay. All right. Well, that was short lived, but still, forty and twenty nine would be pretty cool. All right. Um, so next week, hopefully, we're talking about uh, being over ten games over five hundred. We're talking about a ten game winning streak at one point in the season, and I mean things are just looking up. Anything else for the people, Cali? Um, man, get to the ballpark. Well, obviously, after this road trip, but get to the ballpark. Support this team. Um, if you're fall, if you're new to this team, this this type of baseball we're playing doesn't hasn't come around very often. Hopefully, this is a new normal. Um, and also, man, just buy into South Florida sports, man. It, it, it's such an exciting time. It is such an exciting time. We're, we're, we're about to see, you know, again, we got the, the heat and the Panthers in the playoffs. In the Watch them. Yeah. And in the, in the finals, sorry, excuse me. Yeah. Put some eyes on it, man. It, this stuff type of stuff doesn't happen very often. We have the greatest soccer player in the world playing in our backyard. I know it's going to be hard, but watch on TV, get that out, get that Apple TV subscription, Get the uh, try and get to the to drive pink or hard rock or whatever the fuck is gonna happen. Um, it's once in a lifetime, the once in a lifetime stuff we're experiencing right now. And I, and I, I don't want to sports capital of the world right now. All eyes on us, man. They enjoy <coughs> it, breathe it in because it doesn't happen often. We have been at the polar opposite end of this for a long time. Enjoy it, baby. Just write it isn't, out. Isn't it weird that, like, even though one doesn't have to do with the other? The fact that South Florida is on such a high that I just feel like the Marlins are just going to ride that high for some reason. And oh, it has yeah. nothing Hell to yeah. do. One has Hell, nothing to do with the yeah. other. But I just feel like, okay, this is just they're just going to keep riding this high. It just has to happen. Yeah. And well, like look at the right collaboration. Right yeah. Like I love the I love Marlins this. are out there holding up a messy Marlins jersey. They're repping the Heat, repping the Panthers. Panthers are doing the same thing. Heat are doing the same thing. Like it's a great time to be a South Florida sports fan. And I've, I've never been able to say that I've only been in my lifetime. I've only been able to say, Oh, it's a great time to be a Dolphins fan. Great time to be a heat fan. And the hell you've been, that. You, what, when did you say fan. it's a great time to be a Dolphins when, fan? That's when a did never you happened. Say that. <laughs> well, how old are you? Were you the around Marino the 80s? days? The Marino days. Yeah. The 80s. Fine. Okay. The 80s for sure. I, I, yeah, I, I thought the Jay Fever days. Hey, hey, hey. hey easy, what about Chad Pennington? Chad Pennington won the playoffs. That was a good year. That was exciting. When Tom Brady had like no ACL. And that wild card, that wild, you guys, (coughs) the wild cat, you guys ran that wild cat to the Brownie Brown, baby. Mm. Yeah, we beat the Patriots that way. I remember. Yeah, they destroyed him. That was the highlight for a year. I do, I do yeah. think the the Dolphins are on their way up too. I think we're gonna see some good football from them, yeah. which has been the the, uh, you, the my famous last words for a very long time. <coughs> but you, no, um, also, but, sorry, real quick, I, I don't, I this isn't planned no, or anything like it. that. But um, I think it's worth worth mentioning. Um, if you're a Dolphins fan, um, one you should follow Bearded Fin. Uh, was it the battered battered fins? Fins fans. Battered Fins, Fins fans podcast. Thank you. Huh? Yeah. Um, but secondly, uh, if you're a big Dolphins fan like I am, you probably followed Tuanon on Twitter. Um, that account was ran by a man named uh, Eric Carmona, who unfortunately lost his life 
leaves behind uh, a wife and and three small kids, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, the entire community has kind of gotten behind them. Um, if you look up to and on on Twitter, I'm sure their pin tweet is a GoFundMe. If you can help, you know, donate to that, help cover funeral expenses, get give that family some sort of foundation in a time of tragedy. Um, do so. I saw Tua Tagovailoa donated ten thousand dollars. Tyreek Hill donated like seven thousand awesome. dollars. Yeah, a, a couple. Yeah. They've raised like forty five thousand dollars last time I checked. But um, you know, in light of all things going well in South Florida, we need to remember that you know, life, the world still continues turning, and unfortunately, like one moment to the next, a wife lost her husband, some kids lost their dad. So if you can take a moment to to find Tua on on Twitter, um, someone's keeping that account going. Um. And donate if you can. I strongly, strongly encourage it. But um, to kind of wrap everything I've set up into a positive note, um, we again, this is a once in a lifetime moment here. You know, things are going really well across the board. Even the Dolphins somehow have managed to gain some excitement. Um, so sure. enjoy it. Even if you don't watch other sports, tune in, do something, man, because it's very likely that the type of week that South Florida sports has had will not happen again no two teams in the finals and you get the greatest player of all time in the biggest sport in the world that's never happening again soak it in so with that if you guys are on audio thank you for listening all the way to the end if you are on youtube thank you for watching all the way to the end like subscribe if you haven't already and until next week what could you imagine 40 and 29 possibly and then with a three-game series against the nationals i can't i can't imagine it's gonna happen (laughs) let's let it ride baby i I need it I love it. All right. Well, until then, we'll talk to you guys later. Peace.